Okay. Oh, wow. I was sitting at the dinner table and someone said, what's the movie? I said, I can tell you if you want. It's not a, it's not a secret. And they said, yeah. And I said, I can only imagine. And they didn't know if I was telling them the name of the title or, <laughs> or playing with them. <laughs> but that is the name of the movie. And it's in the same vine of movies as our last movie, where some of you might have remembered, was it 20 or 30 years ago, this famous song went around the world and kind of touched all the religions and went past denominations and even went mainstream. And it was called I Can Only Imagine. I myself hadn't heard the song until I saw the movie. But um, it's a really beautiful song. And just like Netta said in her documentary, this movie is really a story of his life, and, and the song is a culmination of his whole life. And they open the whole movie with that kind of a scene. Because for him to write from this place of almost feeling in touch with God or heaven, he had to have gone through the darkness into the light. So his darkness in this movie is really played out by his biological father started out as a reflection of abuse and violence because of fear and concern and survival mechanisms and his wife leaving him and everything. And and really, it's a beautiful movie because it doesn't just leave it there as if he really had a violent father. This movie really brings it home in the sense that everything's a reflection that when you change your state of mind, the people also reflect that. But you have to be willing to not hold them to the past as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it helps. You know, we need a lot of witnesses to rinse our mind. There's even some Course in Miracles teachers that will say, well, you know, in the world abuse is real, but... And, you know, that is just not the teachings of Jesus uh, if there's any belief in abuse, uh, mistreatment, disadvantage, inferior, superior, or even what could seem to be very harsh witnesses, then those are the witnesses the mind has called forth. And uh, I always like that uh, beautiful sequence of lines in the Course. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. Now, there's no way that you can actually misinterpret that (laughs) unless you want to, unless you believe in a world external to your mind and in a world that contains evil and has to be overcome And the Course is clearly saying, seek not to change the world, seek rather to change your mind about the world. So this Course is really about going inside and getting in touch with what's in there. And and we've already been told by the way shower that that you're going to have to go through the darkness to the light. And so a lot of us could say, if we look back at all of our experiences in this seeming lifetime, we could say there's been some pretty harsh stuff in there. And uh, and that's okay. In fact, we have to get in touch with that before we can forgive it. You can't forgive something that you're not even aware of. If it's out of awareness, be it guilt or shame or anger or rage, 
hatred, spitefulness, whatever those feelings, jealousy, envy, whatever they are, we have to realize that, that they're only there by our mind's election. And of course, if you would say, what would a loving God have to do with any of those emotions? Yeah, what would a loving God, where would those emotions come from but, but an imposter? An imposter God, an imposter identity. And so that's what I really like about this movie is, uh, is you get to see, this is a character transformation movie. I would say uh, the main character transforms, the father transforms, you know, it's, it's one of those full transformation movies when, when I am healed, I am not healed alone. And for many of us we know that when we release the grievance in our mind, then the people change. I know I've talked about it a number of times in the book uh, Quantum Forgiveness. I mentioned my biological father and, and he had a lot of anger, reflected a lot of anger and it was, you know, seemingly coming to the, in our interpersonal relationship. But actually uh, when I took the course to heart and I really went deep enough with it, I could see that I was completely mistaken about all of that. All of those memories, I had to really see I was really mistaken about all of those. They were all misperceptions, without exception. And then when I really released it, um, and I really had this heart-to-heart -heart talk with him and told him, you know, that I really loved him and so on and so forth, he, he said to me, I wasn't a very, he said, Dave, I wasn't a very good dad. And I said, nonsense. You did the best that you could do based on what you believed. I did the best that I could do based on what I believed. And, and that is over now. You know, we, we don't have to go there at all ever again. And from that moment on, everything, just our relationship just lit up. It was one of gratitude and love and respect. And it just flowed with light and love. And... And people have even said, wow, your dad really changed. And I said, no, it's my mind changed. That's what it was. My mind, if we can make up a world and we can make up these emotions, we must have the power to let go of that world and let go of those emotions. So I think this movie is fantastic. And we showed this down in, uh, in Ajijic, down in Mexico. We took the whole group out to a theater and uh, wow, what a day. Seeing this movie and the music in it and I think it's a perfect music and enlightenment retreat uh, movie because it really deals with all those themes and you, we know how healing music can be for all of us. It's a huge aspect of what the spirit uses and in this movie it's, it's huge. And it's like a lot of us here, this last session, the spotlight, Finding our calling, right? Like P Peter. Peter. Yeah. Peter from Australia. There he is. You know, he said... Pete and Peter. <laughs> I, he said I, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Pete and Peter. <laughs> he said, I buried my calling for 15 years. And in this movie, the music is used that way. He's got this natural talent, but... He keeps trying out for the football team because he wants to please his dad. So it's in a way stuffing his, his gifts or trying to control it based on the ego. 
and the spirit has to sh- has to wash away his unworthiness and a relationship is used in this movie and it's set up talk about script is written it was set up from long ago that this one girl was going to follow him along and call him to be his real self summer bible camp <laughs> he meets his girl he meets his soulmate in summer bible camp and then he has to face all the demons and darkness and and the belief that that he's worthy of her and the belief that she would stay with him and all the beliefs that go with those demons. When those demons come up, we can feel that huge unworthiness of like, I'm not enough. Who would love me? Those kind of things. And between her and this calling for music, because there's this one scene, I won't tell you everything, but <laughs> <there's> the <laughs> people hate it when I do this, but I don't have a choice. <laughs> there's this one scene where you know, he's trying to, in front of these execs, get his music out there, and the girl's been telling them this all along. And they're saying it. You've got to get in touch with your heart. You've got to face something. And that's what Strawberry Fields, the real enlightenment retreat, is about. Is It's not just about the people getting up and singing the music. It's about the healing and the expansion underneath. And without that, we're nothing. And that's why, you know, we put this out originally as a music festival, music and enlightenment festival, and it became very quick halfway through or something, we're like, we got to turn those words around. It's an enlightenment and music retreat because everything has to be flipped. Everything has to be flipped. So till he flips it, he's got nothing. So, And Jesus has, has told us that with regard to this world, there has not been a comprehensive awakening. And I've always been telling everybody around me, everybody in the community, it's us. It's us. We're the ones that have to ignite this comprehensive awakening. And I know a lot of you probably, as far as your musical taste, you, I listen to a lot of different music. I'm inspired by music from India and all different cultures. And, and I have actually listened to quite a bit of Christian music. A lot of the music in this movie would be considered Christian music. And, and then there's those... Uh, like I call it like devotional Christian music, you know, where you get into Hillsong and you get into, is it uh, Kim Walker, Jesus Culture and everything. You know, we need to unite with our devotional music. Now the churches have had a big trouble uniting. (laughs) They're like, oh, what do you believe? What what denomination are you? And it's like they have trouble... Uh, doing the non-denominational thing. It's just, oh my God, theologies, much less cultures, you know, trying to bring the Vedas and Christians say, oh, Jesus is the only way. And, and you know, but we're the ones. That's why we're here. We're, we need to spark this thing, the oneness that Pete was singing about, the oneness that we all are, beyond theologies, beyond religions. And... I have a sneaky suspicion that music has something to do with this. Transcendence. Did you ever notice when people are listening to songs on the radio and they really get into it and they just are singing along with it? They're not thinking, is it, is it Christian? Is it secular? Or da, da, da. They're just singing it with all their heart. And so I feel like this movie is a good one for that. It's, it's another way of Jesus kind of coming through a movie and coming and saying, brothers, sisters, we need to have a comprehensive awakening on planet Earth. 
And music is one way we can do this. You know, we may even have tomorrow, maybe kind of like a working meeting. You know, when we were planning to do this and everything, at one point, Kirsten was like saying, wow, this is a lot of work. I mean, for a, for a group of mystics, especially like with Kirsten, who's drifting off and forgetting what things are and what things mean and everything, uh, to put on a music festival for 120 people uh, when sometimes you don't even know what day it is. Uh, there's, there's a little gap there in, uh, or, in organizational skills and abilities, you know, from just la, 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 la. La, 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 live for today. Hey, you know, that's the kind of state of mind you get into. I just, yeah, I was still with, I saw Svava and she's moving very slow today. I mean, if somebody was filming her, they'd think they've got the slow motion uh, going on the camera. But that's, she's going at full speed and it's really slow today. Do the dishes, really slow. Because she's just in a state of mind where she can't have too much motion or she gets dizzy. Or too much stimulation or she gets, she gets dizzy. You know, she, she has to have that. So we are going for a comprehensive awakening. I'm not just talking about us coming together once every year or two years for some conference where we can deliver Course in Miracles papers and say which version of the book we think is best and blah, 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 all this stuff. It's like, come on, Jesus is calling us to a comprehensive awakening for the whole planet. And we have to demonstrate that. We have to demonstrate that. And people can feel it when, when you are in that love and you're extending and your eyes are twinkling and you're grinning from ear to ear and you're swaying with the music. They are touched by that. And, and just like they talk about uh, videos going viral on the internet, we need this vibe to go viral. The world is, is calling for it. And Jesus says, this world is very tired. This world is very weary. And the reason it's so weary is because there's a call going out, a deep call for this joy and this love and this awakening. And Jesus, when he says, I'm calling you out of the world, the first phase, as I mentioned up there in Love's Nest today, is we have to move into our, our function. And the way that that looks initially is letting our skills be used. You know, that Just like these songs we've been cheering, hearing and all the collaborations that have been happening. You know, that was just a, a beautiful rendition of Strawberry Fields. We've had all kinds of, of expressions of that, but, you know, it's... Uh, Jason used to wonder, I think, too, we, this is like our fourth strawberry, and, and it's such a happy, joyful vibe, and Jason would always say, there's really not many people, when you think of it, as far as music festivals. This is not, like, a mass crowd. But... The vibe is there, and I think we have to get into the joy of extending that strawberry vibe, this, this happy vibe. Because what, what else do we have time to use for? I mean, what is the purpose of time except to share this love and joy? And to, to reach our brothers and sisters, really it's our mind is just getting convinced by this. It's not like we're really trying to really reach the lost out there. We're just trying to get fully into our our function of forgiveness so that we may know 
our one self, our true self. That's what it's all always about. And Kelly asked me that too today. Uh, you know, like, why do you do what you do? Why do you do all the extending and sharing? And it's very involuntary for me. I don't, there's not any kind of strain or work. It doesn't really even seem like I'm doing anything. It seems very natural. It just seems like a, like a song that's just radiating from my heart, but I don't think of it as work. I do see that the putting on a festival presents lots of opportunities for forgiveness, and I'm just grateful that you've all shown up to be a part of this. And I hope, too, that when we see this movie together, we'll have that same kind of vibe, like, wow, this, this is a message that can be demonstrated. We can really show this to everyone. Our friends, our family, everyone, you know, can feel the love in our hearts. So, we about ready to, ready. to roll them? And there'll be no further discussion about it. No, 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 no. Look, I'm a miller. Okay, you understand? Okay. Are some of you recognizing this here? I can't do this. You can and you will. <laughs> Remember that talk about the comprehensive awakening? Yeah. This is how it works with the Spirit. You can and you will. And, and his faith, he's just like wanting to deny, dismiss, and everything like this, but... But that's, I think everything has led up to this point of him loving to put his headphones on and listen to that music all the time, giving, playing that cassette for his mother. You know, he's into it. It's one of the things he's really into it. And then Jesus, the Spirit, knows that. And then it's like, well, I need that for the plan. And yet, from a personal perspective, yeah, he seems to be very resistant. <laughs> He's not so thrilled. <laughs> okay. Are we hearing the Holy Spirit coming through here? You're not ready yet. And go home. That's direct guidance right there. You got to face... You can't think that you're doing fine and say you're always fine. And you remember his his uh, guy that's standing up for him, the manager there with the ponytail. You know, was saying you really have to write the songs from your heart. And it's the same thing Netta was saying when she's talking about the song and the the documentary and face those things that are still blocking you. Because everything in the world, whatever it seems to be, is just a reflection in the mind. And he was told at the beginning, you know, you find, you really got to find your soul. I don't, he said to him, the, the guy that's helping to manage them now said, I don't feel your soul. And it, do you know what I mean? And Bart just gave him this look. So, so that's pretty important in the sense of going beyond looking for an outcome to really facing and there's still a lot of darkness that's in there around his father. A lot of grievance is still there. So it's one thing to try to make music, but until you can really heal that grievance, then it's gonna, always going to be reflected back as not quite ready. That It's really, the mind's not ready to forgive. It's not really some external person telling you, 
you're not ready, you're not good enough. It's really the mind. But I did hear very clearly there, go home. And so I think that was a direct thought from the Holy Spirit. It's like the first time I went talking about Course in Miracles over and over and over to my mother and she said, you need to find other people to share this with. And I had to ponder that for a while. I was like, that's Jesus talking to me. You need to find other people. Well, you're the people. <laughs> so, it's just the way that it works out. But you, got, I had to face <laughs> trying to convince mom about the miracles, you know. Jesus is like, let me tell you where to just bestow the miracles. Let me go in for before you. Yeah. Okay, I rest my case. <laughs> Comprehensive awakening. Yeah, everybody's just waiting for their calling. You don't know when it'll come. He was on a bus, <laughs> looking at journals, seeing, I can only imagine everywhere. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, God. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take, it doesn't matter how many times it takes. Yeah. So, do we have a, our roving mic? Yeah, that movie speaks for itself. Demonstration. And for anybody Beyond. that wants some comfortable chairs up here too, people in the hard chairs back there if you want. Yeah. It's way beyond theology. It's demonstration. Transformation. Uh, I feel like I have a confession to make, almost. Um, some of you that have, I've talked to this week know that I've worked in religious media. Um, and I did a video once where I used that song, and it's since I've been a course student. And I, like, all I got back then was, oh, this is a song about death. I don't want to focus on a song about death. Um, but surrounded by your glory, all of you, I mean... You are all Jesus. And trying to remember to just see everybody that way. Not about someday in the future, some death experience, but trying to see everybody, see all your brothers that way. It's just beautiful revelation for me. Thank you. Yeah, there was an early song that he was singing and, and that had an interesting line in it about holy fear. But you know what that means? That's awe. That's how it's interpreted. Because again, the fear is of love. The fear is of God's love. And so it's not in the words. This is where you... Course in Miracles metaphysical Nazis 
go after people. I see you go. It's like trying to go after them. Like, yeah, I saw that. Boom, boom, boom. You go, no, 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 no. You don't understand. It's the interpretation. Holy fear is just awe. It's really awe of God. And, and even in the Bible, when it talks about the fear of God, what do you think they're talking about? It's talking about awe. That's the way that it's written. Because the ego has such terror of God's love. And when they say, put the fear of God in them, it can't interpret it literally. Listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always show you the helpful thing. And again, it's beautiful what you were just sharing because, you know, it's tempting to look at a theology about a future goal, but of course the whole belief in time and space is about the future. When people get married, what are they looking forward to? The future. When you buy a life insurance policy, what are you looking forward to? The future. <laughs> when people go to hear gurus speak about enlightenment, what are they looking forward to? The future. So it's, that's just a reinterpretation of glory and worship and, and uh, will I even be able to speak? It's starting to talk about that love that's so deep, it's unspeakable, you know. And I think that's the thing with everything in life. It's so beautiful, you know, wanting to see Jesus, see the Christ in everyone. That's the practice. Here, we get some hands going up. I see a couple, one right behind the other. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah, like, when I was watching it, um, I've seen it before, and, and uh, like, for me, there's just parallels, like, with the life story, with the dad uh, being mm. very abusive and everything, and... Um, yeah, I've just been having a lot of just stuff coming up around that for me. Um, and just like, not sure like even how to see my dad, you know, like, and everything. And feeling compassion at times and then total rejection at times and like wishing he was dead. Um and stuff like that. So it was like when I was watching the movie, I felt because for him it seemingly played out in form full circle. And like <laughs> for me, I don't know if that's really going to happen, you know, like that's even possible if that's in the cards or in the script and whatnot, you know, for me to see something like that um, in this lifetime or whatever. And and so it just brought that up for me, and so I found myself at certain times just wanting to turn away <laughs> and not watch it come full circle, you know, in the images, because, like, I don't want to have a hope of that, I guess, you know, <laughs> and then have it not happen or something like that. So, so that's just one thing that came up for me when I was watching it. Yeah, thank you, Carly. It's, 
There's a couple good movies I have in our Movie Watcher's Guide to Enlightenment that are helpful. One of them is Dark City, which all the characters are injected with these um, memories, these fictitious memories. And the other one is The Island, where they have memory implants. All those memories you have about your dad are memory implants. You've been injected. You've been infected, and we're here to <laughs> disinfect you <laughs> tonight. <laughs> tonight is the night for you to be saved, not in proclaiming a belief in a personal savior like they do in the big halls. Who's coming up tonight to get <laughs> to get saved? But salvation is in the mind, and and imagine if your mind was injected with a lot of dark, false memories that had nothing to do with God, had nothing to do with love, and you found out that you were injected or infected, you know. You know, that's the kind of experience I had with my biological father. I just had to go deeper, deeper into that place where I realized, you know, that the problem wasn't him, even though he repeatedly liked the phrase, no good, dirty, rotten, bum, get a job. I didn't even count how many times as I'm meditating and praying and going for self-realization that, like, hmm, what is this reflection? No good, dirty, rotten, bum, get a job. You know, it, those are memory implants. The ego planted memories in us to keep us from knowing who we are and and from knowing who our Creator is. And, you know, it, it's like a mesmerism where there's all these stories of Carly and Carly's dad and the family dynamics and all those kind of things. And then it's interesting, you come here to the monastery, then you go back and then you're watching, going, hmm, what's, what is going on? You st still seem to see things replaying. But you notice in this movie, he had to go, he had to get on his motorcycle. He knew pretty strong what, what he did when he graduated. He just had to go away. And I think for all of us, that's that part of that inward journey. If it's such a deep journey in the mind, and it's our belief system, and it's deeply rooted, then we basically need to follow what our guidance is, and do whatever it takes to go through this purification. And for many of us, it, it was to go away. You know, I certainly, uh, you know, took off. And I remember after I, I had the course, and then I went and lived in my hermitage in the woods of Kentucky, and got to know, instead of my biological family, I got to know the bugs and the, and the trees and the, in the woods, a whole new <laughs> environment out there. Snakes, birds animals, all kinds of animals, and, and really go out there with my course book and, and go through a purification. It wasn't just my biological family, but it's 10 years of university and you know, lots of learning and conditioning and knowing that it's going to take a big, huge transformation to become disinfected, to become purified, to really go through it. And Part of that is not trying to control the script. You know, you go for what your heart is and trust. That's what I had to do. 
And then um, you know, how I came out of the woods was I occasionally would go down to Lexington, Kentucky to a Unity Church and where people would invite me to speak on the course. And I accepted invitations and then they'd, they'd come up to visit me in the woods. And then, and then there came the time for me in my purification to hit the road. And you might say all of this world is just calling forth witnesses. So I had had plenty of the old witnesses of of the dark ones, and I was—I knew I needed to make space for a lot of new witnesses. And I think it's yeah, knowing your story and knowing your background, I think it's it's very courageous. Every time you make the trip trip here from California, and in such faith to say, okay, I, I'm doing my inner work. And I'm going to go meet my mighty companions. And, I'm, and you did it right away on the first full day. You came right up on the stage. And you just bared your soul. And you were transparent. And, you know, I could hear the audience, Love you, Carly. You know, the, you, know you were willing to, to not hold on to that. And it seems like the, sometimes the biological family, like namely your dad, it seems in your mind like, well, that's, that might be the last one to go. You know, you're thinking, I'm probably not going to heal the sick and raise the dead until <laughs> that, <laughs> those memories are lifted, you know, from my mind. Then I'll be ready to heal the sick <laughs> and raise the dead and whatever else is called for me to do. But, you know, that's the way you have, you're just going in the direction of the healing. And that's what the faith is. You, you know, you're not asked to figure it out. And you're not asked to, to think that, you know, one movie will do it. Sometimes it takes lots of movies or lots of encounters or lots of function fulfilled you know, to to cleanse that. But just think of it like as, you know, you've been in there scrubbing away in your mind and and uh, rinsing and rinsing and rinsing, but, you know, there comes a day when you get the fire hose out. You... <laughs> it's like, <laughs> crank it up. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have some fun here. <laughs> you know, really go for it. Because you have that. We all have that fire hose of light. You know. It's just like turning it on the ego right between the eyes. Like, oh, there you are. <laughs> you know. And glad you showed up here. <laughs> you know, it's like, fire away. Pat Benatar. <laughs> you know. Except it's with the hose of light. It's with the light and love and glory. So, yeah, those are just memory implants. And... You know, you don't, you really shouldn't be waiting for him to change. You notice how in this movie, you know, he got turned down in Nashville and told to go home. And then first he thought he was doing it as quitting, but then it was more just going back to to face what he needed to face. And uh, yeah, it was pretty intense for him there. I know I could hear a lot of sniffles in the crowd when he made that trip back. And I think all of us know that we, you know, it's sometimes they say facing your demons, but but whatever it's you need 
to go in that direction of, of exposing and releasing, you know, it's provided. The Spirit will provide it. We've all had that. You had a call with your dad, didn't you, from Hawaii? Like it was a healing call before he passed away. That was huge. That was absolutely huge. And I had one with my father where I, I actually uh, came back. I was traveling around teaching the course and I came back to Cincinnati and, and my mother my sister had said, Oh, he's in, your dad's in intensive care. He's in a coma. Can you come to the hospital? And, and he'd been in a coma for some time. And, but as soon as I walked in intensive care, he popped right up out of the coma. <laughs> he said, Hey, Dave. <laughs> and we had a really healing conversation. Where are you off to next? And, and we also had a feeling that he knew and I knew that I wouldn't be around for his funeral and all that stuff because he knew I had a very important function. And he was right with me. And I knew that he was simply laying aside the body. There's no need for me to stop my function. I was going to be in Florida. I felt, and so we knew it, we felt it, we rejoiced together. He popped right up out of that coma so we could communicate. You know, everyone thinks, oh, everything, the body's conditions are, are just chosen by the mind. And that was too important for us to miss, you know. So, yeah, just remember, they're just memory implants and they'll get loosened, they'll get freed, yeah. We had another one right in front, Carly. Mm. Stan's trying to get there. <laughs> There's not a lot of room there. As close as I get to yoga. <laughs> uh, really quickly, I just wanted to celebrate the um, Amy Grant um, turning away from her her uh, fears of future, and this was her one comeback. And really having the presence of mind and the grace to know this isn't authentic, this isn't mine, and um, really let it shine and go out there. And yeah, so I just really wanted to celebrate that. I thought it was beautiful grace. I felt that the first time I was watching the movie, I felt it long before it even happened. Um, because I just know that Jesus is in charge, and you know, I can kind of tune in and feel. I was like, hmm. That's really not her song, and what would benefit the whole was him singing it and and sh sharing it and everything. And yeah, I could feel that. And and like him with his little Amy Grant cassette, you know, I listened to Amy Grant for years. Love will find a way, and oh, many, many, many songs. So it certainly touched my heart seeing in this because she's yeah, she's been a great witness to my mind too, and. I was like, oh, you're going to step aside. <laughs> I could feel it even before it came to that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Here we go over here. We've got to freestand. He's trapped. <laughs> He's loose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, this movie really spoke to me so deeply because um, the whole dad thing. Um, and exactly the same thing, very abusive. Um, you know, I would I would say things to myself over the years like, you know, he was he was five ten. I was like three feet tall. You know, it was so unfair. What kind of a man would do that to his son? You know, and I held on to that for years, years. And then, of course, the chorus and Jesus has been working with me on this a lot. Like, we're going to go into your mind, deep, 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 into your mind. These are your thoughts, you know. We're going to look at the source of these thoughts within yourself as they're coming up, you know. And I just couldn't beat him on it. You know, I had to give in. Um, uh, and, And he won. You know, that was just the bottom line. It was like, yeah, you're right. These are my thoughts. They're they're happening here. And I am freaking sick of it. I'm just sick of it. And it was the same thing with my mom, um, both of them. And um and that gentle tracing inward and the uh, and his patience with me, um, never beating me up, never never saying, you know, oh come on now, can't you get this right or anything like that. It was always these are your thoughts. They're happening here now with you. And even even now with the movie, you know, as 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 like the, the ego just rears up. You know, it's like like I'm tracing it inward and as I'm tracing it inward and looking right at it, it like rears up and I can I can feel the resistance. Like, no, 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 don't do this. Don't no, don't you know, and and um, and it doesn't have a chance. It doesn't have a chance. I mean, it can't. It's like it's that's what the course has done for me. It's 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 given me a method of going into my mind, and I just can't play self deception anymore. You know, I can't do it. Um, but that that rearing up of the ego, you know, like just hanging on, like you know, if you do this. That's it, you know, so I just thought I'd share that. Thanks. Thank you. That's so beautiful that the ego produced this whole world of duality to cover over the thoughts so that you wouldn't take a look at what you're thinking right now and to play all kinds of stories and memories and memory implants. It's ingenious. It's, it's invented all kinds of dualistic schemes and... Uh, like with guilt, you know, guilt's very important to it because that's what perpetuates it, but it, it projects it out as good guilt and bad guilt, you know. You know, oh, that's, no, no, don't feel guilty, you're innocent. Oh, oh, that, what'd you do? Oh, what? Oh, you should be guilty for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, or, you know, no, you're innocent, you're innocent. And then you say or do something, shame on you. Just shame on you. You know, you see, good, good shame, <laughs> bad shame. Good guilt, bad guilt. Uh, the interesting thing with attack thoughts is the ego projects the attack thoughts out to time and space and where, how many different kinds of attack thoughts? Well, 
There's not just attack thoughts, there are victim attack thoughts and victimizer attack thoughts. The murderer is seen as different from the one who's murdered. The attacker is seen as the one that's different than the attackee. Sneaky trick. Project it out there and make them different. So you can say one is better than the other or one is worse, you know, than the other. You know, it always has some kind of a scheme to, to avoid what you're just talking about, which is facing and taking a look. Like Jesus says at one point, would I accuse myself of this? When you're thinking of another, you've got some kind of scheme, blaming, really starting to build up a case and justify how dare they, you know, oh, they're going to suffer for that. And we build up a whole case and then, you know, Jesus says, well, let's just ask, ask yourself, would I condemn myself for doing this? And the ego is say, well, it's not, not yourself, not your body, it's that body. Different bodies, bad bodies. Good bodies, bad bodies. Good behavior, bad behavior. You see, it's, it's ingenious at just putting it out into the world of duality so that you're going to fall for this whole thing as if the sin or the error is in the body. Even good behavior, bad behavior is still a projection of error. It's, the Course is teaching, I am not a body. <laughs> I am free, I am still as God created me. Well, if you're not a body, what must you be? Perhaps a, a mind? Perhaps a divine mind that was created by God? Perhaps you are an idea in the mind of God and you've never left your source? Perhaps that's true? And yet the ego is like, no, no. You're gone. God's gone. It's a bad situation. You're guilty. So let's make the best of it. You can at least be better off than other people. They're bad, bad, evil. Evil tyrant. Evil, sinister dictator. Sinister, evil, evil, evil. It points fingers out there at certain bodies that are evil. And then other bodies are saints. Interesting. Saints and sinners. Hmm, that's an interesting game too. And Jesus is like, well you're going to have to forgive the saints as well as the sinners. And accept yourself as a divine being who is far beyond the body. And, and actually, you never really ever entered into a body. That's just been memory implants too. <laughs> to believe that you've even been born in this world. Memory implants, injections of false ideas, false concepts. And, yeah, thank you for sharing that, because, you know, that's where it ends. When you say, I am tired of this. I am not going to play this game. I am not going to entertain these ideas. I would rather give them over than continue to harness them, hold them, protect them. You know, that's, that's what forgiveness is all about. Thank you. We've got David, Portia. <laughs> well, I'm, I guess I'm always uh, looking for a, a Holy Spirit character. <laughs> and um, 
It's, uh, to me, it was the, uh, the agent, the long-haired agent or manager, whatever you call him. You know, he was the one that um, told him the truth, basically. Uh, he showed up, and um, uh, he stayed with them. Um, well, uh, when, um, what's his name, um, <coughs> excuse me, deci- decided to quit, uh, he j- Bart, Bart, Bert, Bart? <laughs> When Bart decided to quit, he, you know, he just confronted him and he told him the truth. You know, you, you have to sing from your heart. You have to be real. You have to be genuine. And, uh, and I guess there were some other things too. But I, anyway, uh, to me, he was, he was like the, <clears throat> well, the Holy Spirit character, the one who really provided the inspiration. So yeah. that's my, that's my an analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he was a beautiful symbol. Beautiful symbol. Portia, did you have your hand up? Oh, no. No, go ahead. <laughs> I so related to Bart. And I'm just like flooded with gratitude of his actual experience. Um, you know, most of you know who I've met. I spent my lifetime with a bright enough mind and a keen enough interest in God, but enough pride that I spoke it. And I was eloquent early on. I gave a talk when I was five in church. That's when I started. And I and it was so innocent, but it was so it didn't end up being enough. And I could speak the words that other people had written. I could sing them at funerals. I played my guitar and sang at funerals, at weddings, at church services, at in a different language, words that weren't mine, but they were right. They were the right ones about Jesus and and I don't regret it, but I'm just so filled with gratitude that when, when I got sober and woke up after not dying one night, I knew to not speak anything that I didn't actually experience. And I was so grateful that he didn't just go from being a pop hit to being a bigger pop hit in the movie. And when I think about, uh, I, lo- I loved the scene when, his, when he first meets his idol in the manager. And I can't remember how he put it, but spoke to him about the, word, the mouthful of words that he just spit out at him. Like, what? <laughs> Could you speak a few slower? <laughs> and then his song, when he really sang from his heart, was very simple lyrics. And it was so true and so deep. That's been my experience. I, I almost feel like a child again sometimes when I really want to convey something real. It doesn't take many words. I mean, it can take. I could go on and expound for a long time if I feel so inspired. But I'm just, I just really relate to how wonderful it is to only speak from the truth and 
And the first time I read the Course, I was struck by how little I really understood, but how much it felt. It's like I was given that I knew, like Kirsten was saying the other day, every word was like a hand in me. And I so treasure that. And I so, I'm so grateful that it came to me in that way. And I still, I laugh at myself when I have moments of, what, this dream of death, I hate it. Like, how can you say that? <laughs> I feel almost schizophrenic, but... And I'm so, I have never seen this movie. I was so moved by it. Thank you for being open to the spirit to, to show it for us. Yeah. Thank you also for bringing up the topic of, of discernment. You know, all of us are learn, learning discernment. When to speak, when not to speak. It's Jesus who has to direct us. Where to bestow our miracles. Where to speak, when not to speak. That's why we need guidance. That's why we need direction it's a plan where Jesus knows exactly where the miracle can be bestowed and exactly when there's a word and at times when it's only just a, a hug or a touch or even a gentle smile and no words at all. Jesus has the perfect Holy Spirit view of everything. And because he's completed his part perfectly, He's one with the Holy Spirit and knows exactly where miracles can be bestowed. And, and a lot of times you are to not speak. You are to not make contact. Let's look at Shannon. Shannon, that's right. The little girl at the church camp who says, you, you saw my journal as they're sitting there. You saw my journal. You saw it. And he said, well, maybe and everything. And she says, yeah, you saw it. You read it. I'm going to fall in love with you and marry you. Talk about no private thoughts. That's pretty strong. She confidently pours, puts it out there. And then as they're sitting there, all these fireworks go off. And then for most of the movie, she's, she's not talking to him. Because why? Because he's not asking to be talked to. When he stops by with his band, it's almost like a joke. Let's just, oh, come on, let's get Shannon. And they've not even had a conversation about him driving off. And he's trying to get her to come on the bus to go on an adventure. And she says, no, I'm not going on that adventure with you. Because why? Because there was no invitation in her heart. And then with leaving all those messages where, you know, he's kind of going around in circles. He's not really singing from his heart at that time. And he's not really speaking from his heart. You call a loved one up and you just beat around the bush when you drove off on a motorcycle years ago without even addressing anything. There's no invitation. So that's a key point that you're bringing up and even how you know enthusiastic you were to sing your, play your guitar, to sing, to speak the words starting at five and so on and so forth and then at some point the Spirit's like, okay now Portia, it's time for us to get into some discernment here. And, you know, it's like the Kenny Rogers song. You've got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, <laughs> know when to walk away, know when to run. You know, that's a discernment song. You, you have to rely on guidance. You can't go around with your Course in Miracles and your Miracles book with like your machine gun of miracles. <laughs> I'm going back to my 
fundamentalist church, <laughs> bow them down there with the miracles, you know. <laughs> Mom and dad, like Carly, dad, I've had, <laughs> like, you know, no, that's not the way Jesus works. That's not kind. That's not loving. That is not going to work at all. Because why? Because it's lacking discernment. It's lacking, Jesus, please you direct the miracles. You tell me where I can bestow my miracles. You show me where I can teach what I would learn. Jesus knows there's a lot of people that are not going to be receptive. Why would he send you to people that are not receptive so you can get whacked back over and over and over? You know, we've all done that. Admit it. We've done it. It's dumb. It's just dumb. It's like the worst thing. I'm a miracle worker. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Fire that laser gun right in the mirror and wonder, hmm, what's going on here? You know, we've done that. It doesn't work. But because we need humbleness, we need discernment, you know. And there are those in our community uh, that went, has, have similar stories to Portia. Jenny, Greg's here, I think Jenny left us, but she, she was very alive and spunky as a child and would really just let the spirit come ripping through her, ripping through her. And then she went through some kind of a humiliation experience when she was about 12 years old and was told by her biological father, just shut up. You're never to speak. Only the boys in the family speak. The women, the girls do not speak. And, and then it was a lot of stuff in there, kind of internalized that, but, but shut down. And now, you know, is, is beginning to open up, travel, still having to really discern when to speak and when not to speak, but opening up in humbleness to start to gain that, that confidence that was there as a child. And then it was just blocked and interrupted in such a, a strong way. And many of us, maybe it's not that way, but we can remember maybe some kind of a traumatic experience that we had in childhood, where we closed down. And maybe it's taken us years to open up after shutting down so much. But, but that's where we just have to trust the Spirit. We have to make contact with that guidance and say, okay, I'll close down, but I want to open up for you, Lord. I want to be a miracle worker. I want to be shown. And uh, yeah, and that was so beautiful. I, Bart really opened up, and then there, there was Shannon, and you know, and off they went, and the prophecy was fulfilled. <laughs> they had, went off and got married, you know, but there was a big gulf where she wasn't having anything to do with him because he simply wasn't open. He wasn't inviting her, and then when he did, there she was. That's discernment. That takes. That's actually. It's integrity, you know, to to stay and to nurture that faith. When she said, I'll pray for you, I pray for you all the time, she was just nurturing that love and that faith in her heart and waiting for the invitation. And that's what all of us have to do. We just have to nurture that love and keep, keep the fire burning and then when the opportunity comes forth, let it come. Let it shine out. Yeah, it's all really about discernment. So thank you, Portia, for bringing that in. And I think there is some more right there.
Okay. Thank you, Portia. I was listening to her, and I am just recognizing that watching the movie, I was like, I, I don't care about anything. I just want my father to be alive and here, here alive because he died last year. But I'm recognizing that this is my longing for God. And I recognize this longing in him when he was alive. Because he was not, I think, I thought he was not perfect, but he was perfect. He, he has also this longing for God. And my mother, that is a Catholic, she's a Catholic. And I'm very critical about Catholicism. I'm recognizing that she is longing for God and all the people who attend to Mass that I judge about not being in the right path, they are also longing for God. I feel, I feel very touched. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. And there's beautiful parallels there too because his father saved up his money and gave his life insurance policy. Did you notice at the end, the policy kept going and going, and the last check came right before it hit number one, and he received his first paycheck from this thing. So it was Jesus. Jesus provided that, that money for him to go for his dream. Jesus provided that number one hit, and the, provides us the sustenance that we need to bring about that healing and to extend the gift. And, and to me that's so beautiful that you're sharing that. Because now, more than that, you're even seeing the call for love in your mother, the call for love in those that you had previously judged. And, and very good with this movie, because the father, you know, that's the turnaround. Is, is You could feel how much he was trying underneath, but it was, it was so heavy. He was just saying, I don't understand... What does Leviticus mean? You know, he took a whole, a whole He's read the Bible through twice, and he's saying, "I don't, I don't get Leviticus, you know, at all." And we all can relate to that, you know. We, we, there's a, there's a something that tries underneath there, but it's, it's not easy. You have to have a lot of faith to understand what Leviticus means. <laughs> thank you, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. One realization I got from um, the experience of this movie was um, when the singer um, was about to sing his song, and I thought to myself, oh, surely the author of this story is going to have her give it over, surely. And, and man, it made me realize that this is a true story and that Holy Spirit was the writer of the story, <laughs> which made me laugh at myself because uh, I so often I'm afraid Holy Spirit's not going to get it right, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I thank Holy Spirit for all the times that he gets it right but I do I just it made me aware that I do I have this um, I just need to trust more because I have this fear that Holy Spirit's not going to get it right this time but 
I guess he does, right? <laughs> yes, he does. And they lived happily ever after. I was I was really touched by this film and and uh, of course lots of tears came and it was great and I so I found myself in this really relaxed kind of open space and I was enjoying the tears and then I just heard I kind of heard this sort of voice and had this feeling and it was like okay we're really going to go for it now we're going for it and it was like the energy that you just was coming through you just now, David. It just felt like, all right, we're going for it now. We're really going to go for it. And I don't really know what that means. <laughs> like, right, I can tell, I get my mind's kind of going, like, on the horizontal, like, whoa, I wonder what that's going to look like. And, I, and I, don't have, I, I don't have an answer for that. I don't have anything. Uh, but, yeah, that's there. It's there, like there's transformation has been happening here, big time. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to share that. Let's see what happens. Thank you. Yeah, we're all with you. We're all with you in that. Yeah. One mind. Right on. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yes. Okay, we're gonna go one, two. Okay. Oh, three. three. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> They're all in the same row. <laughs> Uh, first off, I just want to say uh, good evening to everybody. This is way past my bedtime, so I'm I'm not going. You know, that's a clue. Maybe let's have these be the last three. So, okay. So we all get some sleep <laughs> tomorrow for for the big big morning. Um, I came into the world with a really clear sense, like I'm to love the world, and then ego happened, right? Um, and people say that they experience a great capacity of love from me. And um, I'm just at this, again, ego cliff of feeling like my heart is about to explode open again. And your um, mighty companions, like that we already are in God, where Jesus is everyone, um, I just started a, an adult children program, um, and the uh, kicker phrase is for me is, and we ask for help, and we ask for help, and we ask for help, and we ask for help. I'm like, I, I'm not an asker for helper kind of gal. Um, so as my heart is beating, um, about to break open, I'm wondering if you don't have to do this all at once, because I'm an introvert. <laughs> But if, mighty companions, if you would share the love of Christ with me in the next however long you see me, I would um, appreciate that. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I love you, sister. It was wonderful meeting you and. <laughs> We know we have that connection, but it, with everybody here. So, love you so much. Look forward to being a mighty with you. You're mighty for me already. But I just wanted to share tonight, because this was a very emotional film for me. I was just feeling a lot, and a lot of tears, too. 
right from the beginning, I can only imagine. Um, I haven't seen the film, but right away I saw myself. I remembered being a very little girl, maybe four or five years old, if that, sitting in front of a black and white television in my parents' little apartment in Brooklyn, you know, wondering at this thought. Like, I can only imagine what it would be like to be in a loving, warm, Christ-filled home. And my parents and my family were very Jewish, and everybody was always kvetching. This one was ill, this one was sick, this one was dying. I was like, what? You know, what am I doing here? And I remember... Oi! 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 Gewalt! I, I remember sitting in front of this little TV and just seeing a reflection. And I don't know if it was me or if I was seeing beyond me and just feeling this love, saying, I know there's more love than this. You know, I want to go home. Where is... So I felt like I was creating from contrast because that was how it was. You know, it was like this little white sheep wanting to introduce Christ to everyone. And I had a grandfather who was a metaphysician who believed in all these religions, but he wasn't alive. I never met him. Hyman Knockwalter, he was the head of B'nai B'rith in New York, and he was like, what? What's Christ? Nobody would speak about, not even an interfaith seminary, you know, a number of years ago. I'd try to ask a rabbi, tell me. No. So anyway, um... When I, in, in 76, when I, you know, the course, but also a guide, told me, your father is your father in heaven. And then we spoke about Christ, and I completely, completely agreed. Then I had family members think that I was in a cult, you know, and it was like forgiveness work. But then our father took my mother with a massive heart attack, you know, and people said, you broke her heart. You could have been a doctor, you could have been a lawyer, and you know, and I, I turned to healers and I you know, and then my father ended his life ended in a car crash, both instantly, and they were taken, and I was an only child. And then I found my Christ friends, you know, through the course and these other so I just had to share that. Because I just remember I can only imagine. And those are powerful words, because I think Christ, you know, I didn't know these, these were implants around me. I hadn't a clue, and I wouldn't have known that maybe till now. You know, but clueless, I was calling for that. So thank you so uh, much. So beautiful. Yeah, thank you, Susan. Yeah, that's beautiful. It triggered all that. Thank you. Um, there was a scene in the movie that uh, really struck me. It was uh, just gushing the entire movie and catching all all kinds of things but uh when he was on the stage and it um the audience disappeared and it was just he and his father and it reminded me of the scene in bagger vance when everything disappears and it becomes singular single pointed single-minded he's got he's in the field and um that struck me as the deeper truth here and what, I've, what I'm coming to experience more for myself of starting to see everything come through, whether it's the songs or the billboards or the upgraded flights or just that click into the awareness of the oneness. And my um, 
seemingly stubbornness of accepting that atonement idea, but it's getting more and more um, comfortable to catch it and to see it and to accept it and um, uh, trust trust it. And today, um, boy, what a what an experience today of, of being being here in the field, and, and the field emerged and opened up this morning with with your talk and. Pete's beautiful meditative um, in, uh, invitation, and just looking for that light to come through everywhere, and then in in our interactions today with with everyone for me, and then the musicians today, uh, again, there each one was an example of of pushing through to 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 get into the field, to get into the right mind, to go have the courage to acknowledge the fear and, and, and move into it. And then what came, what came forward was nothing but beautiful and the tears would not stop. And it was like, I, I was thinking, I can't turn this off. There was, there wasn't even a reason, a reason for the tears other than just the, I imagine myself pushing through in whatever circumstance daily or hourly or whatever's happening. Can I be that authentic? to get up there and to, to tap in and, and not tap out and run away, but to tap in. And, and I just saw that each musician and each, each performance was just bringing it, bringing it, bringing it. But there was the first, the movement through it. And, and then came the beauty. And I just took that and I owned that for myself and said, okay, there's, there's your lesson. Just own it and move through it. And exp- it's okay. And I got beautiful feedback today from just joining with people and, like my little parable and paradigm of um, whatever I do to conceal it or to hide it or to obscure it. Um, so it's been a, a beautiful day for me. A, a very, just the waterworks were nonstop, but I loved that scene where it went, where it went, the audience disappeared and he was just there with his father and he had to come into the forgiveness. He had to release everything to, to get it all out of the way to be able to see um, the the truth and that's the oneness and that that's just um, thank you everyone and and thank you for this this festival thank you Stephen yeah that's those are some of the things we put out was that the Rumi quote there there's a field I'll meet you there and and talking about strawberry field the vibe and then also uh, of course quantum physics you know the the quantum field. And it does seem to be that it just takes that willingness and, you know, so beautiful. You just keep, keep coming, connecting on the internet, connecting through the virtual, coming to Mexico, now coming here and, and just going for it, you know, and opening your heart and letting the tears come and letting yourself be washed and, yeah, and learning to be quiet. And also, uh, Steve's profession is that of, of the law field. He's a lawyer. So to go into the field and to go for the higher, the law of love, you know, and, you know, everything's pointing in that direction. And, yeah, we all feel it. We can feel it with what you're sharing. That That's what we're immersing into right now. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you, everyone. It's been a beautiful day. Beautiful, beautiful. And tomorrow, I think um, Kirsten and Jason was saying they might, we might join with her. I don't know what all will emerge. I feel like we're, we're together, we're answering a very deep call. 
And every session that comes, every song that's sung, every session that we have is really us coming together with with an openness. Like Richard was saying, like I feel it. I don't know exactly what it means and how it will look, but I do feel there's something there. And, and really, the Spirit is really like energizing us in that. So it'll be, we're going to have an interesting day <laughs> tomorrow. Our last, is it our last full day? This is our last full day tomorrow, so something's going to be really flowing <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> before we have our closing session. And we're saying, we're saying bring it on. I mean, I feel like that's what our prayer is, you know. Maybe even through our dreams tonight. If you have some inspired ideas coming through after giving your dreams over tonight. So, can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> so, have a beautiful, peaceful night. And God bless you and God bless all of us. Thank you.